psychologist and hypnotherapist here at Hypnotherapy for You, based down on the Devon and Cornwall border. Thank you once again for tuning in to something you're going to find very useful. Today's podcast is a short lesson on how to remove that feeling of panic, anxiety, or loss of control instantly and easily. Welcome to this short podcast that has been designed to teach you an easy and effective way to take back control of those negative thoughts and feelings, to remove panic attacks instantly, and to calm your mind within a few easy steps. But before I teach you the amazing little known techniques to enable you to take back that control of your life, I'd like to explain what happens when you feel panic or have an upsetting thought process or behavior. And to help you understand, it would be useful to see the mind being in two main parts, the consciousness and the unconscious mind or the subconscious mind. Firstly, let me talk briefly about the conscious mind. This is the part of our mind that we have control over for the most part. This part of our mind we think with, these thoughts are our logical and daily decision-making thoughts. The processes that include criticism, reasoning, analysis, just to name a few. All of these thought processes are conscious, meaning we have some choice in making them. And using this part of our brain, these thoughts are mainly created in your prefrontal cortex, just behind your forehead. This part of our mind is a very small capacity and becomes overloaded quickly. And as a rule of thumb, we can only hold seven plus or minus two things at any one time. And those five to nine pieces of information mean that there are many things going on outside of our consciousness all of the time. Things we're not aware of unless they become so important, they push their way into our consciousness, when at the same time, of course, removing other thoughts to make room for this new thought process. So thoughts come and go easily in our conscious mind. Thoughts that are being constantly triggered by things and events going on around us. But for the most part, we have control over this element of our mind. This is not the part of our mind that causes upset, panic or indeed happiness or comfort. Those emotions are almost totally controlled by our unconscious mind. And it's well documented that this part of our mind can hold 20 million pieces of information at any moment in time. And I believe this knowledge describes perfectly the disconnect between the conscious and unconscious mind. The fact that your conscious mind can only store up to nine pieces of information at any one time. And so this makes it impossible to become aware of everything your unconscious mind is processing meaning you can only become aware consciously of information that is important or relevant at that moment. Besides your unconscious mind running your entire body, from your heartbeat to your digestive system, from your body temperature to your blood pressure, just to name a fraction of the physical elements your subconscious mind runs, it also holds every experience, every memory you've ever had, happy, sad or indifferent, fear, anger, jealousy, you name it, it's all generated there in your unconscious mind. And more importantly, have all been learned at some point in your life. When we were born, we were born with a very small amount of instincts. Loud noises, a fear of heights, are well documented to be just a couple of the instincts we're born with. So where did you learn to be afraid? And why are you still afraid now when a certain situation arises? Quick psychology lesson. 
up until the age of seven, maybe 10 years old, we do not process consciously. We don't have a conscious mind. You see, we have just haven't had enough life experience to gain an understanding of the world around us. So how can a child analyze or criticize, or more importantly, reason? As you know, reasoning comes from the consciousness and without it, how can we protect ourselves from being traumatized or scared? For example, I see many face-to-face -face clients that have panic attacks or extreme anxiety, and they have absolutely no idea why in most cases. Their reactions to certain situations trigger those feelings and more often than not, those feelings are very childlike, crying uncontrollably, being afraid when they know consciously there is nothing to be afraid of. And this goes on to create even more anxiety as their problem seems to get bigger, as their world gets smaller. The mind does this because it works by association. For example, the little child is bitten by a dog when it's four years old. Actually, it was just a lick, but the four-year-old couldn't reason that and so became frightened and traumatized. This information is then stored in the metaphoric filing cabinet in that child's mind, with a file named Danger written on the front. This we call the initial sensitizing event. Now, at some point in our lives, that initial trauma gets reactivated. We call this the activating event. Basically, the file in that cabinet gets reopened and that four-year-old's emotions get produced again. It's how our subconscious mind protects us. We feel the fear, not always understanding why, so we enter that place called fight or flight. The fear is preparing us to run or to fight the danger in front of us. We go into phobic vision, which means we lose our awareness of what's around us to allow us to concentrate on the problem directly in front of us. And while our eyes pinpoint that problem, so does our mind. It's like a switch going off. Every thought process other than the problem facing us are removed temporarily, or at least until our subconscious perceives there is no longer a danger to us. The oldest part of our brain, the reptilian brain, takes over for our survival. Without this fight or flight response, mankind would have died out thousands of years ago. It's completely natural, but for the most part, the modern man doesn't have the same dangers as only man had to endure. However, we still continue to have these thought processes, and so often the extreme reactions that go with them. Put in simple terms, our unconscious mind, our subconscious mind, is not able to differentiate between the lion about to attack us and the childhood event of the dog licking our face and frightening us. They become one of the same, simply because the child was unable to reason, to make sense of the situation, and so the subconscious mind takes it as a real danger. It's been an event that was incorrectly perceived and so not learned from. Because of that, the mind keeps the information ready to use if a similar event happens in the future. And by creating the original emotion of fear, it automatically goes into the fight or flight response. Often, we don't even know why, because the event perhaps has happened so long ago, it's not part of our consciousness. Now, if an adult had the same experience as that four-year-old child with the dog, Perhaps they would be scared, but then reasoning would enter consciously. It was a very small dog. It really was more of a lick than a bite. And I'm just fine. After all, I've never been bitten before, and most dogs are pretty friendly. 
This internal dialogue helps us to understand and lets our unconscious mind know we are fine, we are okay, and so there is no need to look out for this problem in the future. We have learned and understood the situation, something that's missing without the consciousness of that child. This is why many of my clients that come here to hypnotherapy for you bring their problems that relate often to childhood. Most of them are not traumatic from an adult's perspective, but we've all witnessed a child going to, into a panic or crying uncontrollably for the smallest of reasons, each time creating a new file of fear or trauma that the subconscious mind may look out for in the future. And of course, not all traumas come back to affect us later in life, but they're held there in our subconscious, ready to protect us if required. Of course, this is not to say that we can't be traumatized as adults, because we can. However, the traumas we received in adult life are real life-threatening events like war, being physically attacked or assaulted, moments that our lives may be in real danger. So what triggers these emotions? Firstly, the original trigger will be an event or situation similar to the original sensitizing event from the past. Perhaps you see a dog and the mind goes into its protection mode, into fight or flight. However, because the mind works by association, other triggers will begin to link to the original event. So perhaps now lampposts begin to set off that trigger, or a particular street, maybe all streets, maybe roads or pavements, doorways in houses. In fact, we will continue to make new triggers to those old emotions. And for many people, losing sight of the original problem and believing that these new triggers are the causes of their problems. This is where my comment, your problem gets bigger as your world gets smaller comes from, as your subconscious mind looks out for anything that relates to the original problem. Many of my clients come to me with the belief that a particular situation is causing their anxiety. However, it doesn't take long to find the true cause that we're never really aware of consciously. Because many people, their original sensitizing event happened so long ago, they have no conscious understanding of that. And because their mind has associated the original problem to so many other things, they believe that these associations must be the root cause of their problem. This is often the reason they are unable to understand their issues, because the true cause of the problem is unknown to them, and so they try to reason the associations to the original problem rather than the root cause itself. So what can we do about controlling our subconscious, instead of letting it take control of us? You see, the more we allow it to do this, the stronger those emotions become. So this default position of fear and anxiety is something we naturally and instinctively enter into unconsciously. Add to that the new fear that is fear of being afraid itself, and we learn to trigger those emotions internally just by thinking about it. There's a well-known phrase we use in psychology, and that's where attention goes, energy flows. Meaning that Simply by thinking about a problem, we inadvertently light up that part of our neurology and so triggering those feelings, and in turn strengthening the neurological learning path to those feelings and behaviours. This is how we learn, is it not? If we do something enough, it becomes second nature. 
We don't even have to think about doing it consciously. It just happens. And we can do that thing without having to think about it. Whether that's learning to play a musical instrument, learning exams or learning to feel love or happiness for a certain person or situation. Why do you feel that warm feeling inside when that song comes on the radio? Because you have learned to feel that way and at some point in your life you have programmed the brain to associate that song to a time in your life that you felt the same way as you feel when you hear it now. You have literally programmed your brain to do this. You have no control over that emotion. It just comes when you hear that song. Clever, hey? But of course, it doesn't just happen with good or happy thoughts. As you already know, it happens with fear, upset, anger, all associated and learned in some way. The technique I am about to take you through is hugely powerful, and the more you practice, the more control you take back from your subconscious mind. It learns to use this new default, replacing the old negative thoughts with this new trigger towards comfort and control. So what's the reasoning behind this technique? Why does it work? And why is it so powerful that it can make those changes instantly? We have an automatic nervous system, which is called the sympathetic nervous system. This produces the fight or flight response we've been talking about. Our blood leaves our main organs as it moves to our limbs and extremities, providing the oxygen for us to use them to run or to fight. Blood also leaves our brain, helping to shut down any extraneous thought processes we don't need at that time. We also have a parasympathetic nervous system. This is in charge of our relaxation, comfort and calmness. It's the part of our nervous system that produces those endorphins that give us that wonderful feeling we love so much. So the best way to look at these two systems is as switches, controlling the two polar aspects of your thoughts and behaviours. Most people have little control over these switches. They, the changing mode to relax or calm or to be anxious or panic can flip in an instant. The technique I'm about to share will provide you with the power to flip these switches at will, and so enabling you to instantly remove that feeling of panic and anxiety and move into that comfortable, relaxed, controlled space. So you can gain voluntary control of what most people consider to be involuntary. This technique is based on our eyes and our direct link that they have with the brain. And when you consider that 70% of what we feel is learned directly from what we're seeing, we can all realise that our eyes are the answer to instantly taking control of those switches of the nervous system. Add to that the breathing patterns I will teach you. You will have extremely powerful tool for instant change. The technique. So this is it. You're about to learn a life-changing technique that will literally change your mind in powerful, positive ways. So I'm going to firstly talk you through the process so you have an understanding of how we do it and why we do it. And then I will guide you through the experience, sitting or lying down, so you can enjoy the process and see precisely how it works. So let's begin to go through those details. Step one, breathing. You're going to breathe in through your nose, slowly. And if you can't breathe in through your nose, your mouth will be fine. 
Do this slowly and comfortably. Then you'll breathe out through your mouth or your nose if you wish, but for double the time you breathe in. If you want to count in your mind, you can do this. As you breathe out, double what you breathe in. And I'll explain a little more about that as I do the demonstration. Note your body as you begin to do this. Your body will begin to relax. The mental state will change. Doesn't matter if you're thinking about things or not thinking about things while you do this. Step two, point of focus. Now, as you continue to be aware of your breathing, that in and out, I'd like you to focus on a single spot, maybe a spot on a wall, the corner of a vase, really doesn't matter. But really focus there on that spot, allowing it to be everything. Focusing intently on that single spot as you breathe in and out. Step three, begin to expand your vision. Now you can begin to expand that vision, opening that peripheral vision as you become aware of the things around that spot you've been focusing on. Keep your eyes on that spot and as you continue to expand that vision, you'll begin to notice the floor perhaps, the walls around you, the ceiling. Of course, if you're outside, you may notice the trees, the sky, the ground beneath you. And as you continue to look at that spot, you become aware of this space around you opening up perhaps even aware of the space behind you, the floor beneath your feet as your vision expands around you. And when you're ready, you will want to close your eyes, but keep them open for a little longer. Just try to keep those eyes open just for a moment. And when your eyes close, you begin to have an internal auditory cue. Now, that cue that you're going to use, you can say anything you wish, but I'd like you to use the words, I am. What follows is up to you. However, the mmm at the end of the word am is a wonderfully relaxing trigger for the subconscious mind to begin to learn from those words that you're about to say after it. You think of a situation. Perhaps you see a, a lovely meal placed on the table in front of you. What's the phrase we use? What's the sound we use when we see that food? Mmm. This is set in our subconscious mind. We use it uh, to meditate and it really does open up that part of our subconscious mind. So for instance, I am safe. I am calm. I am relaxed. I am happy. I am confident. Within a few days of practicing, your mind will begin to use this new default. So eventually, you won't even need to think of doing this consciously. Your mind will just go to that place naturally. And eventually, after a little practice, maybe just a few weeks, there'll be no need to close your eyes to achieve this. Your mind will just find that place of comfort and control. And once you have learned this technique, you can solve any problems. Instantly remove panic attacks, anxieties, worries. My recommendation is that you practice this for just 30 days and it will absolutely become your default position to solve a multitude of problems in your life. You will simply love this amazing technique. And so now I'd like you to find a, a place where you can sit, a place where you won't be bothered or even lie down if you wish. Turn off all your electronics and I'm going to run you through this process so you can experience it. You can enjoy that feeling you get and also at the same time give you an idea of the timings and how you're going to do this. And so find that place of comfort. Pause the recording for a moment. So 
now that you're comfortable, I'd like you to become aware of your breathing. Breathing in through your nose. And out through your mouth for double the time. That's it. Maybe be breathing in for three, one, two, three. And breathing out for six. Whatever number is best for you. And as you continue to breathe. I wonder when you begin to feel your body relaxing. That's it. And as you find that spot on the wall, just above your eye level perhaps, the corner of a picture frame, that's it. Pinpoint your focus there. And all you can see is that mark now. Focusing your mind, your eyes, on that point. That's it. As you continue to be aware of your breathing. Rise and fall of your chest. That's it. And as you focus there, you can begin to allow your vision to open up, still focusing on that point. But now, Becoming aware of the space around you, the walls and the side of the room, the ceiling above you, the floor under your feet, and as you focus on that spot. Everything around you becomes into your vision, into your peripheral vision. That's it. Noticing more and more things. Maybe it's out of focus. Maybe you've lost focus of that spot. Whatever it is for you, that's just perfect. And I wonder when you'll find that your eyes are becoming heavy. And don't close those eyelids just yet. Continue to be aware of the space around you. Opening up 
That's it. And I wonder if you've noticed your breathing is slowing. Your mind may be thinking, maybe not. And just as soon as you're ready, you can allow those eyelids to close down. And if you've not already done so, you can open those eyes. And congratulations, you've had your first experience of this wonderful technique. And so before I go, I'd like to recap this technique so you can start practicing on your own. But remember, if you need to re-listen to this recording or just the section where I demonstrate you going through it, then you can do it as many times as you wish. In fact, it'll act as a sort of trigger for those feelings to begin.
So let me recap the simple process to allow you to start your practice. One, breathing. Breathe out twice as long as you breathe in. Become aware of your chest rising and falling. You can breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth if you can, but it doesn't matter whichever way is comfortable for you. And you will begin to feel calm and relaxed as you continue that process of breathing. Then focus on a single point. I look at a point on a wall, a little mark or something like that. It doesn't really matter what you're looking at, but focus on that point. Allow your mind and your consciousness and your subconscious mind to be aware of that point. And of course, still being aware of your breathing. Three, once you start to feel your state changing and you become more relaxed, begin to allow your peripheral vision to become aware of the surroundings. Maybe you'll notice the wall, the ceiling, the floor, the space behind you, the space under your feet, as you become more and more aware of the space around you. Still, of course, focusing on that pinpoint uh, on the wall or wh wherever that is for you. Four, when you are ready, allow your eyes to close. You will reach a point where your eyes just want to close down. Resist that for as long as you can and then allow those eyes to close. Once your eyes are closed, you can start that internal auditory cueing with the phrase, I am. And that's it. It's so simple, but with a little practice, that will start the process of reprogramming your mind. You will be making wonderful changes to reactions and behaviours that you no longer want or need. So please, enjoy the process. Thank you for listening. Now go and start that practice. And remember, you can always re-listen to the guided section if you wish. But until the next time, this is Paul signing off. Take care.